Frontier Missions Journal. Stories of hope for the unreached with Adventist Frontier Missions. Dependent and Vulnerable by Don Abbey As I entered the Muklek Hospital check-in and waiting area, I immediately realized how difficult this task was likely to be. At the best of times, I don't feel comfortable in hospitals. The college classroom is where I have felt at home. I do not speak or read Thai, and I was at the hospital seeking the all-important medical certificate necessary for the renewal of my Thai driver's license. There were four or five different desks with signs and numbers indicating what people were to do. I glanced around the room, searching among those watching me for someone who might help. One lady seemed to express a willingness to help, and I showed her my expired driver's license. She immediately figured out what I was trying to accomplish and pointed me to the correct line. After I obtained my check-in card and queue number, she again directed me to the next step in this process, which anyone who could read Thai would immediately have read and figured out. Oh yes, missionaries are dependent and vulnerable especially until they learn the local language and establish trust relationships with the people they live among. I have great respect for our career missionaries who have learned Thai or other heart languages of their people. I found learning calculus much easier than Thai and remain significantly challenged by the language. Fortunately, Thai people are very gracious and willing to take time to try to understand and help people who are in need of assistance. In this case, I was able to obtain the medical certificate I needed, travel the 40 kilometers to the driver's license office, and secure a new license in under four hours. Last year, the initial process to obtain a driver's license took two and a half months, so I was relieved. As I reflect on dependence and vulnerability, I realize that God wants us to recognize and acknowledge our vulnerability in this sin-infested planet. He asks us to be willing to depend on his power for deliverance from sin and for wisdom to live our lives in harmony with his will. In Thailand, we are asking Thai Buddhist people to become vulnerable, to separate from the comfortable known ways of their religion, and to learn to depend upon a God who will entirely change their worldview. Why would they consider such a radical change? This is a mystery that only the Holy Spirit can bring about. But God asks us to be part of the process. As we become immersed in the lives of the people we live and work with, do our lives transparently reflect the special, quiet confidence and assurance of God's love that he is asking us to demonstrate to them? Are we willing to be dependent, to be vulnerable? Can we learn to do this and not stubbornly push our own agenda? Yesterday, we were talking with two of our missionaries in India who are working with a family that is seeking healing for their son. This family is beginning to understand that their gods have not been providing solutions, yet they are conflicted. If they accept the Christian God, how can they live their lives without performing the religious pujas and acknowledging the power of the devta? Indeed, 
How can any of us serve two masters? Why do we keep trying? Is it because we are afraid of relinquishing control? Because we would become dependent and vulnerable before a God we don't really trust? How do we relate when God's plan seems to be dissonant with our logic? When you're entering retirement, is it logical to abandon your retirement plans and go to the mission field? If you've just finished professional school, shouldn't you take time to get your feet under you and establish financial stability in your profession? Why would God be asking you to turn your back on apparent security and move your family to India, Kurdistan, Turkey, Cambodia, or Mali? God has not commissioned us to stay with what we know, with what is comfortable. In fact, he asks just the opposite. Saul, the scholar, the passionate defender of his religion, was confronted and literally struck down on the road to Damascus. Consider how Saul, now Paul, analyzed what was happening and what God was telling him. What were the key elements that shifted his worldview from an exacting religion of works? He grew up in a religion where there were clearly defined rules for every aspect of life and transitioned to complete dependence and faith in God. God often requires us to struggle with trials, asking for faith and trust even when we see no immediate evidence or clear solutions for situations or decisions we are wrestling with. At those times, we must turn to our relationship with God and move forward in faith and confidence because we have seen God working in the past and we have learned to trust Him. Please be willing to step outside your comfort zone, to relinquish your independence, and to accept God's commission to go to all the world. As field directors with Adventist Frontier Missions, Don and Janella Abbey not only care for the missionaries, guiding them on their projects, praying with them, and directing them spiritually, but they also seek out new opportunities to share Jesus with the unreached around them. Sometimes, just as we are all prone to do, an opportunity is missed. Let's listen as Don relates this story. He calls it, Missed Opportunity. Janella and I struggle shopping for gifts. There always seems to be many more important things to do. So our shopping is mainly restricted to getting necessities from the local market. We go two or three times per week looking for the best mangoes, rambutan, lychees, mangosteens, bananas, and something edible in the greens department. At the market, I spend a great deal of time just ducking around and under the ever-present canopies, which are, for me, at chin level. As I peer around and under looking for something that looks edible, there are so many different things that I don't know anything about. There are food items there that are actively hopping, chirping, think crickets, slithering, actually eels, flopping, or simply lying there dripping. As you might understand, shopping doesn't rank up there with our preferred activity. Recently, we summoned our courage and spent some time looking for gifts for some of our missionary kids, whom we will be visiting soon. Some of you would love this assignment, but it is really daunting for us. When we came across the umbrella lady, we were surprised. Perhaps a small, colorful child's umbrella would be just the thing for two little girls living where the rainy season is just beginning. Usually, our communication with vendors 
is limited to Taurika, how much, but this lady spoke English fluently. As we conversed with her, we learned that she had graduated with a degree in English from a major Thai university and was now trying to earn a little extra income to support her two girls. The experience of buying two umbrellas was a real pleasure. We connected with this beautiful person and one of her daughters who was there helping her. After purchasing the umbrellas, we invited her to come up to the university. We got her name and then we left. However, we missed several important pieces. After five unsuccessful attempts to find her again in the market, we realized that our chance encounters should never be taken lightly. We didn't invite this lady to our home. We failed to obtain her phone number. We failed to ask if we could pray for her and her daughters. We were too focused on the unimportant task of buying gifts and failed to effectively share the most important gift. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Philippians 2.4 While we may fail, God never fails, and we claim the following promise. I will lead the blind by ways they have not known. Along unfamiliar paths I will guide them. I will turn the darkness into light before them and make the rough places smooth. These are the things I will do. I will not forsake them. Isaiah 42:16. Please pray that God will give us another opportunity to meet this lady and to share what is really important. Pray that we may be more perceptive and open to the promptings of the Holy Spirit in the future. Despite all our efforts, it truly is God that converts the hearts of those open to the gospel message. Janella Abbey chronicles her observations in the story, Spirit Work. He comes late for the Bible study, but sitting on the floor beside his wife, he is clearly fully engaged in the discussion. It's hard to imagine this tall, soft-spoken man as addicted to drugs and alcohol, but I am told that he has only very recently left these things behind. His wife was ready to leave him when our missionaries convinced her to begin focused prayer for his freedom from addiction and his conversion. Now he is joining his wife in the study of God's Word. This was nothing that we had done. It is spirit work. Our Thai Kadai team was worried. Whatever are we going to do for teachers this year? From our request for nine volunteer teachers, only two came forward. Now, how will we be able to cover all our classes with over 400 students? All our career missionaries will have to leave their work of evangelism to teach English. We prayed and God provided. We were able to obtain the services of a recent graduate of Asia Pacific International University. A former VT returned and two of our teachers from our last year agreed to stay. They are willing to live here with the people on a local salary to follow through on their deep commitment in reaching the people of this country. They are mingling with the people, demonstrating practical loving service, leading out in Bible studies, and following the lead of the Spirit in bringing their students and others to Christ. This is Spirit Work. We were having a birthday party for Daniela Koenig. Several of her Thai friends had been invited to celebrate, along with the Konken team. Some of them I recognized from previous visits. Then Nock walked in. My brain could hardly accept what my eyes were seeing. She was different. More beautiful than I remembered. 
she seemed to glow with peace and joy. This former Buddhist lady had only recently embraced Christianity and is currently preparing for baptism, but is already leading a small Bible study group for other Buddhist ladies. I had heard people speak of radiant faith, and now I was seeing it. This is spirit work. Many times we think we are responsible for leading people to accept Christianity. We create strategies, we write culturally appropriate materials, we hold meetings and attend seminars, we build relationships and serve people in the community. All of this is good and helpful, but will not in itself win people to Christ. That is spirit work. Coming from a background in science, both Don and I resonate with clear and concise methods, careful design and appropriate quantified testing of approaches and ideas. We are looking for strategies that can be tested, measured, refined, and that have predictable outcomes. We have noticed this trend in church organizations as well. Baptisms can be counted, membership statistics collected and analyzed, Yes, we believe in strategy, we rejoice in baptisms, we love to share the great news of church growth, but what is happening at the heart level? Are individual hearts being transformed? Are new believers as well as long-standing members embracing a complete Christian culture, laying aside the culture they have grown up in and have been comfortable with? This only happens when we are willing to submit our lives in loving obedience to God's Word and seek Him fervently through prayer. God is able not only to transform Buddhists, He is able to transform us so we can be instruments in transforming the world. This is Spirit Work. Are you ready? The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. John 3, 8